Hello and welcome to the Mercy and Truth Podcast. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the newest episode here on the podcast. I pray that the Lord will speak to you through today's lesson. Today's episode is of my wife, Miss Brianna Simpson, and this is from our church's weekly Bible study. And she's teaching a two-part series that will be here on the podcast on a heart committed to prayer. And I pray the Lord will richly bless you as you listen today. Forgiven when mercy Tonight, we're going to talk about a heart committed to prayer. And normally, you get to see Miss Angela or Miss Rebecca, which are far better than me. But tonight, you're stuck with me. (laughs) So, Miss Rebecca asked me if I would talk to you all tonight, and I was just so thankful for the opportunity. Um, Looking back, I just, I stand amazed at all that God has done in my life. I'm so thankful that He would save somebody like me. So unworthy and I just can't get over that um, I didn't grow up faithfully in church um, I can you know I really didn't know a lot about the Bible or prayer before I got saved I had been to church in my lifetime but my family just never faithfully attended not my life was nothing like what it is now I truly can say I didn't realize people live the way that we live and I'm just so thankful that God opened up my heart and opened up this life for me. But I got saved on October 14, 2015, and I honestly don't know where I would be without the Lord. I certainly do not deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to go to hell for all of the wicked things that I've done in my life. I'm more unworthy than anybody I know, but He saved me, and I could never do anything to repay Him for that. I'm just gonna try my best to live a life that's pleasing to Him and tell everybody I know that it's worth serving Him. No matter what comes your way or whatever you face, it's worth it. And, but when I first got saved, I was was telling you, I really didn't know a lot. And I can still remember a time, you know, when I really didn't know all the words to Amazing Grace or what a friend we have in Jesus. And I can remember standing in church and everybody singing those congregational songs and they don't have their books out. And I'm just kind of looking around like, oh, kind of just sort of moving my lips. <laughs> I really didn't know the all of the words. And that's crazy to me looking back because I've learned so much since then. It makes me laugh. Um, but you know, I didn't necessarily know all of those kid Bible stories that you hear. Um, David and Goliath and, you know, just Moses and the children of Israel. There's a lot that I really didn't know when I first got saved because I just never spent time in my Bible or time in church that would have taught me a lot of those things. I'm sure I'd heard them at some point in my life, but it just, you know, didn't really stick. And so, you know, I'm just so thankful that when I reflect back over the last five years of being saved, I have learned so much and God has just been so good to me. And I just, I'm so thankful for everything that he's done for me, everything that he's given me. But if you're listening to this right now, then I just want you to know, if you're listening and you're not saved, please don't wait another day. Don't wait another minute. You know, I didn't get saved until I was in my 20s. I could have died. I did all kinds of crazy things in my lifetime. I could have easily died and went to hell. 
you are not promised another moment. So please, I'm going to get to the lesson in just a second, but please, I beg you, if you're not saved, please, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to your pastor, whoever. Just reach out to somebody and start that process of admitting that you're not saved and that you need help. Um, but as I said, I've learned a lot over the last few years, and I've definitely grown a lot closer to the Lord. But you know what? I've also failed Him many, many days in the area of prayer. And today, that's what we're going to be talking about, is having a heart committed to prayer. And so there's been a lot of days that the very best I could come up with in prayer to the Lord was, Lord, please bless me and please bless my family. And you know, I have not prayed as much as I should, and that's why I'm just so thankful that the Lord gives second chances because I truly want to develop a more strong and consistent prayer life. And I hope maybe there's, you know, maybe there's some of you that feel the same way out there. So if you have your Bible with you, turn to Psalm 121, 1 through 2. And I'm going to give you a minute to get there, so um, I'll just give you a second. Psalm 121, 1 through 2. I found an old notebook in my drawer after reading this chapter of our book, and I wrote on the first page, I dedicate and purpose to spending the next five years developing a meaningful prayer life. And I want to extend that same challenge to all of you. Find an old notebook in your house or go to the Dollar Tree and buy a cheap one and just dedicate yourself to beginning that process of developing a stronger prayer life. Now, the reason I've chose five years is because when I look back over the first five years of being saved, though I've grown closer to the Lord, I feel like He's convicted me that I have not developed the prayer life that I should. So for the next five years, I'm committing to developing that more strongly. And whatever time commitment you want to make, that's great. But I would just encourage you to please keep it in a journal because I think it'll be a, a blessing to you. And I can't wait. I'm going to look back in 2025, and I pray that I can look back and say that I truly just fulfilled the commitment that I'm making to the Lord. But I want to read our text now. So Psalm 121, I stalled long enough for you. You should be there. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So there are seven blessings that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks in relation to having a heart committed to prayer. And today I'm going to get through blessing one and two. So next week I've got to get through all the rest of them, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so the first blessing is a deeper relationship with God. And there's five specific things underneath that blessing that I'm going to talk about today. And um, a few months back, so I read a book that encouraged me to have a specific prayer place and to pretty much just make an appointment with the Lord every single day. So that's not really easy to do when you have a husband and two kids running around your house. And trust me, all three of them run around my house. So I didn't really know where I would go or what I would do as far as having a time of every single day that I could meet with the Lord in a place. I don't have a place. My whole house is loud all the time. But somehow I managed and I turned Ezekiel's closet into my prayer closet. And every morning I made an appointment with the Lord. I wrote it in my calendar at 7 a.m. 
and I would get up and I went in there to that prayer closet and you know it was it was such a blessing I just can't tell you toward the end of that few weeks it was like as soon as I stepped through the door I could just feel the Lord just wash all over me and I could just feel his presence in there and I'm saved so I know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and I carry him everywhere I go but there's just something about there truly is a special blessing in having a certain place that you go and a certain time making an appointment with the Lord and honoring that appointment so I would encourage you to do that it was a real blessing to me and I still try to do it I don't necessarily do it every day that was for a two-week span I do pray every day but I want to get back to doing that every single day myself um, so but I'm, I'm a melancholy. Anybody that knows personality types, I am a melancholy, for sure. <laughs> um, right now, Jeremiah and I are in Bible college, and we're, taught, we're learning about all these different personality types. And so part of that personality type is I like structure. I kind of can't function without it. <laughs> um, it's sort of annoying, probably, to some people with different personality types. But I say that because I wanted to give you a little tidbit as far as having your prayer closet that helped me. Um, there's an acronym, and it's the word prayer. So P-R-A-Y-E-R, -E prayer. If, you, if you're taking notes, write that down on your paper vertically. You know, this way. Write it down. Because each letter is going to stand for something, and I just kind of want to briefly mention it because I really think it'll be a blessing to you, and I know it is to me. So the P stands for praise God. You, when you begin in your prayer closet, at least for me, I just started out by praising the Lord. And sometimes I even did it through scripture. I just looked up verses, and even if I didn't say anything other than those verses, it just, it's like the Lord, His presence just washed all over me. And I mean, I just can't explain it. But if you begin by praising God, um, for example, Psalm 103.2, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Or 2 Samuel 22.50, Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. And then, so after you praise God, uh, which is the best part really, then you move on to R, which is repent of sins. 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the lesson today so I'm going to move on from that one and then you go to a all requests so Philippians 4 6 be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God why is yield to the Holy Spirit <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And then E is everyone else. James 5.16 Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another. So pray for one another. That's what this one is about. Um, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then finally R. Read God's word. So after you've done all of that, you've talked to God. Now it's time to let him talk to you. And he does that through our Bible. So Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
So I don't know if that'll help you, but it helps me. And I've done it so many times now that I just naturally do it even in my head. I just kind of go through those steps when I'm praying. But it's a real it's a real blessing to me. And I pray that somebody will get help out of it. I will refer back to that a couple of times later on, so I'm going to move on. Um, so a heart committed to prayer. That's what we're talking about today. I want to begin by telling you the first little underscore under that that we're going to talk about today. Prayer increases our faith. That's one thing that having a heart committed to prayer will do for us. There's going to be five today. So the first one, prayer increases our faith. Brother Rick Gravely, do y'all know who that is? I think most of y'all probably do know who that is. So Brother Rick Gravely spoke, well he preached, at Thanks to Calvary a couple of years ago and he made this statement. If you don't have a prayer list, then you don't have a prayer life. You might say, well, that's kind of bold. Well, it is kind of bold, but I think it's true. (laughs) I found it to be true in my own life. Um, You know, I really believe it. And as I mentioned earlier, I would encourage you to keep a prayer journal. I know a lot of wiser, more intelligent people than me have said things like that, and I trust them because I found it to be true in my own life too. We are so much more likely to remember the bad than the good. Why are we like that? I hate that. But we are so much more likely. So when you are praying about specific things, you should write those down and pray in for specific people. Because as God answers those requests, you can mark those off and it increases your faith. Because you're, I mean, it's just such a blessing if you've ever done that to be able to mark off an answered prayer. What an honor. God doesn't have to do anything for us. He saved us and he made a place in heaven for us. I mean, he doesn't have to do anything, but he still listens to us and he answers our prayers. What a blessing is that? So keep a prayer journal. Um, I think this is kind of funny. I read books all the time. I can't necessarily remember where I read this, but I read in a book one time, this lady was saying how she had been praying for a piano for so long and she did not have the money to buy one but she really needed one her church needed one because they didn't have one and she prayed and prayed and one day god sent her a piano isn't that amazing he sent her one but you know what he didn't send her a bench she hadn't been praying for a bench she was praying for a piano and so that's kind of funny it's just a little funny story but it reminds me to pray specifically And so I would encourage you, you can be as specific as you like to the Lord and, you know, just pour your heart out to Him. But, so first of all, prayer increases our faith. Now, second of all, prayer provides a place to unload our burdens. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, I want to read you a quote by Corey Ten Boom. If you don't know who that is, look her up because she's awesome and you will get a blessing out of reading her life story. Here's what she said. As a camel kneels before his master to have him remove his burden, so kneel and let the master take your burden. So in Bible times, Camels were used like cars. That's how, you know, today when we take our car and put everything we own in there and drive all around, that's how camels were used in the Bible. 
So, has anybody out there listening to me, have you ever moved? It is miserable. It is very miserable to move. Um, A few years ago, Jeremiah and I moved into the house where we live today. And I'm telling you, we packed our car up so many times with stuff. I didn't even know we had so much stuff. But we packed our car up. And it took forever, but load after load after load, our our car brought all of our stuff to our new house. Well, in the Bible, since they didn't have cars, of course, when they moved, they had to pack those camels down with all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, those camels were probably very tired. (laughs) But in all seriousness, you know, can you imagine that camel traveling so far with all of that stuff on its back? And then finally getting to the destination and kneeling down at its master's feet. And the master removing all of that stuff. But God gives us that same blessing. God does that for us. You know, if we'll just kneel down at his feet in prayer, all of the stuff that we're carrying, all of our burdens, he'll take those. We don't have to walk around with all those burdens. You know, if if we will, we can kneel right down and give them to the Lord and get up and walk away and we don't have to worry about him anymore because he is way more capable of us than we are to meet all of our needs and to take those burdens. And so I say all that, first of all, prayer increases our faith. And then second of all, if you're taking notes, prayer provides a place to unload our burdens. Now third, we got five of these, Prayer teaches us that God is always near. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, Israel's only three years old. (laughs) She's actually been in her crib up until about two weeks ago because she didn't know how to get out. Thank the Lord. I mean, I'm thankful to Him for giving me a few years (laughs) because... If she could get out, she would come to my bed. She wants to sleep with me. (laughs) So anyway, um, a few weeks ago, she figured out how to get out of her crib. Well, so we, Jeremiah converted her crib into a toddler bed. And so we thought, well, this is great. You know, she's growing up. Well, the night after he can, the night that he converted her crib into a toddler bed, I woke up the next morning And Israel was on the couch with her pillow and blanket. I didn't have any idea, you know, that she would do that. She didn't come to my room and wake me up or anything. She just must have got out of bed and took her pillow and blanket and got on the couch. And so I went in there and I said, Israel, why did you do this? You know, what's going on? Why didn't you sleep in your bed? And she said, Mommy, I was scared. And so I guess she just felt safer on the couch. But I say that to say this. I told her. You know, I always try to point her back to the Lord. I know that she's only three, but she's capable of understanding a lot. Our kids know more than we give them credit for sometimes. But I said, Israel, you do not have to be scared. Anytime that you're upset or worried about anything, all you have to do is bow your head and close your eyes and say, Jesus, please help me. And he will. And she said, oh, okay. (laughs) And, you know, she has mentioned it a few times. (laughs) We'll keep talking about it. But, you know, that just blesses my soul to know that when there's times that I can't be with my children, that God is always with them and he's always near. 
And it just blesses me so much. I don't know what people do without the Lord. I honestly, I have no idea how I would get through every day if I didn't have Him to turn to. You know, even if, I mean, for my children's sake even, you know, there's hope in this world because of Him. That is the only hope that we have. But I just, you know, I can't say that enough. I mean, prayer, you know, it increases our faith. It gives us a place to unload our burdens. And it teaches us that God is always near. He's always with us. You can take anything to Him, even something silly and insignificant that nobody else in this world cares about. You can take it to Him. And He wants to hear it because He loves you. That's amazing to me why He would love any of us, especially me. But it's, you know, I just, I'm so thankful. But also, so fourthly, prayer trains us not to panic. And that's very important. This is a good one. I like this one. Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. I want to read you a prayer for peace by Miss Susanna Wesley. And just listen close to this one. Grant that it may not be in the power of any to rob me of the peace that results from a firm trust in thee. Whenever crosses or troubles are met without, may all be well within. You know, you may not know a lot about Miss Susanna Wesley, but, I mean, you may. I don't know. She's really, you know, a pretty well-known person. But she suffered a lot of hardships in her life. I mean, she suffered the loss of children. And even her children that were living, she had to raise them by herself a lot of the time because her husband was traveling or for different reasons. And so... I mean, she faced a lot of things in her life that could have made her turn away from the Lord and be bitter and upset or scared to panic, to turn and run the other way. I mean, she easily could have done that, but she didn't. And I feel like what she's saying in that prayer is, Lord, I know that no matter what life throws at me, as long as I give it to you, I can have peace and then I'll be okay. I don't have to panic. I don't have to worry because I have you. And I just, she's such a blessing. I really would encourage you to read about her if you don't know, you know, her story. But it encourages me so much, I think, because I am such an anxious person. I'm so fearful and anxious. I think some of it is my personality type. Um, but it, you know, that's something that I struggle with. And, I mean, is there anyone out there that's like me and you hate change? Like, loathe, hate change? <laughs> um... You know, I kind of want to know everything that's going on all the time. And I just, anything that's out of order or any kind of change just, it's like throws a curveball at me. And it's very scary to me. Um, I have to pray really hard that God help, will help me with that. To always give my burdens to Him. But, you know, studies show, actually, that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. And so I have committed, and I would encourage everyone out there to make, to make this commitment with me for the next 21 days, every single time I feel fearful or I panic, or something's going on that's making me feel anxious, I have committed that right then and there, I'm going to do what I told Israel. I'm going to say, Jesus, please help me. I give this to you, and I trust you that you can take care of it. And I'm going to do that for the next 21 days. And you know what? That's how long it takes to build a habit. So I'm just praying that that will help me not to be so fearful and anxious if I will build the habit of immediately giving everything to the Lord. So I would encourage you. Maybe you could do that too. But, so prayer, 
We've talked about four so far. Prayer increases our faith. Prayer gives us a place to unload our burdens. Prayer teaches us that God is always near. Prayer trains us not to panic. And then finally, the fifth point, prayer changes lives. Have y'all ever heard the saying that prayer changes things? You probably have. I know I've heard that. Prayer does change things. But you know, after reading this chapter and, and after trying it in my own life, I believe that prayer changes people. And I want to revisit that acronym we talked about earlier of prayer. And having consistent, unhurried prayer time every single day changed me. Specifically, that acronym changed me and it helped me. I want the first words out of my lips every single day to be those that give thanks to the Lord, the one who saved me, the one who has given me everything I have in this world, and it will give me everything I have in the next. I mean, I could never thank him enough. The least I could do is start my prayer out with some praise. And you know what? We'll talk more about that a little bit later. But I just want to tell you that I found in my personal life that prayer not only changes things, but it changes people. And so, so far, we're talking about, Miss Diane, I can kind of see, we're talking about a heart of prayer, chapter 3 in our book. And there's five points under a heart of prayer. The first point is that prayer increases our faith. The second point is that prayer gives us a place to unload our burdens. The third um, the third point is that prayer, um, let's see, prayer teaches us that God is always near. And then um, the fourth point is that prayer trains us, trains us not to panic. And the fifth point is prayer changes lives. That's what we were just talking about. Now that's the first blessing out of seven, ladies. I want to move on to the second blessing because I'm going to have to do all the rest of them next week. So let me get this one after. Let me get this one out and this will be the last part of what we do this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in just a little bit longer, ladies. It won't be too long. So I want to give you the second blessing associated with having a heart committed to prayer. And that blessing is greater purity. So blessing number two, greater purity. We talked about how ch prayer changes lives, and it does. It sure has changed my life, like I told you. And so back to that acronym that we were talking about, I know I keep referring to it, but it's really important, and it's meant a lot to me, and I hope it'll mean a lot to you. So um, we begin with P, or praising God, because he's so worthy, and it puts our heart in a state of thanksgiving. But then, and this is where I wanna talk, we move on to the letter R or repenting of our sins. That's not fun to do, but it's so needed, isn't it? Becoming pure is a process of spiritual growth and taking the confession of sin seriously during prayer time moves that process of spiritual growth along, causing us to purge our life of practices that displease God. I'm gonna be reading a lot of this last part because I wanna really get it right. This is some of the most important stuff that we've talked about so far tonight. I want to use gossip as a specific example here. Do any of y'all ever gossip? Not me. Just kidding. I know it's terrible. Why do we do that? Ladies kind of get a bad rap for it anyway, don't we? Everybody kind of, men always joke with us and tell us that we just sit around 
Like, I don't know. They just tell us that we gossip all the time. But that's awful. And we shouldn't do it, should we? <laughs> Nobody should. It's, it's not right. The Bible tells us um, in 1 Timothy 3, 1 and Titus 2, 3 not to gossip. But if all of us are honest, we've done it before and we'll probably do it again. Um, that's just one example. Have any of y'all ever tried taping a little note on your telephone where you talk to people all the time, potentially gossip? Put a little note that says, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? I've done that before. And I know for me, there have even been times when I literally prayed that morning and just committed to God, I am not going to gossip today. I'm not. I'm not going to say one word about anybody. If I have something bad to say, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I have said that. And by the end of the day, ended up doing it. Isn't that terrible that we cannot control our tongues sometimes? It's awful. And I mean, I hate that. But you know, it's like... I think probably the point to that is gossip may not be the thing that you struggle with. There's many things that I struggle with. But do you know what's helped me with gossip more than anything else? Even more so than just praying about it? It's been a real change happened for me whenever I not only started praying about it, but I actually started confessing the sin of it every single time I did it to God. You know, confessing it as sin and repenting for it. So I'm not just committing to God that I won't do it. I'm literally saying, I'm sorry. I should not have talked about so-and-so. That was none of my business. And Lord, please forgive me. I repent of that sin. Actually confessing it as an offense will make a huge difference. So I want to encourage all of you ladies to spend some time alone with God over the next few weeks in prayer and find out what that recurring sin is for you. Whatever it is. And you may not have to pray too much about it. You may already know with me saying that. We usually know our own sins. Um, but whatever that recurring sin is in your life, submit yourself to Him for surgery. Surgery. You may be like, what are you talking about surgery? Well, I'm really talking about surgery. I'm glad you asked about it. I want to read you a passage from our Bible. Matthew 5, 29 through 30. It's a little bit long. Matthew 5, 29 through 30. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. That's how seriously the Lord takes sin. And we should take it that seriously too. So ask God to cut that sin out of your life. Whatever that recurring sin that you struggle with, gossip, whatever it is, ask Him to cut it out of your life. And the Holy Spirit will lead you to this decision. It'll guide the surgery and empower the purification process. You will still have lapses because we're not perfect. I hate it. We're not perfect. But we are going, but going through purification or purging your life from major sin can take place. It, I mean, it can happen. It can happen for you. It can happen for me. If you face your sin regularly in prayer, sin leads to confession, which leads to purging. Now, in closing, I want to read you A Prayer for Purity by Miss Susanna Wesley. May I be incapable of rest or satisfaction of mind 
under a sense of thy displeasure. Help me to clear accounts with thee. And I'll read it one more time. May I be incapable of rest or satisfaction of mind under a sense of thy displeasure. Help me to clear accounts with thee. You know what she's saying? Lord, whatever's in my life, whatever it is that I'm doing that's displeasing you, please, God, I pray that you would help me to clear that account. Confess it. Help me to always confess it as sin to you and genuinely purify me so that I won't have that in my life other than the rare occasion, you know, where I mess up. I mean, genuinely, genuinely, we need to repent of those sins and get them out of our life so that we can be more pure. And we do that through a consistent, meaningful prayer life. And that's what we're talking about is having a heart committed to prayer. So blessing number one, a a deeper relationship with God. Blessing number two, specifically, I remember the specific words. Blessing number two was greater purity. So that's the first two blessings. Please come back again next week. You'll have me one more time, and then you'll get to go back to the really good people, Miss Angela and Miss Rebecca. But next week, I'm going to give you the the next five blessings. So I have I'll have a lot to tell you about next week. Thank you so much for coming. I, I can't believe that anybody would listen to me. I appreciate y'all being here this evening. I'm so thankful. And I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. And I just thank you so much. I hope you all have a good evening.